0: Welcome everyone to the 59th episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with Nick Tartaglia. How are you, man?
1: I'm good, but honestly, I'm going to ask you that question back because it's more, you're the one that's timed, you're the one that's working this new job. So man, <laughs> I, I'm still stuck in the same place, so there's nothing different going on for me.
0: <laughs> I, I think the important thing is that we've kind of been seeing what's been happening particularly in our home province. uh, And there's been a lot of craziness that's happening, but we were talking about this back in April uh, about economic instability and how it unfortunately leads to chaos. Um, Social chaos is always the byproduct. Exactly. And one of the things that we've realized, I think we continuously talk about this, is just the way education is needed some kind of a reform because it's obviously affecting people's ability to think critically about different things. And what's happened is when they can't do that, they run into a situation where all they can do is kind of follow the herd. I don't know how else, I don't know how to make that politically correct, but I think that's just the best way of explaining it. Right, Nick? Yeah, honestly,
1: it's it's insane how you can watch society shape and how certain ecosystems that they depend on like education or governments or the economy, how they start restructuring depending on where the political power starts to dominate and how restructure society and the way we behave and how everything becomes politicized. You can see it in the West, especially the way it was not supposed to be, but everything that seems to be centralized becomes this form of like egotistic institution that needs to do things the way it wants to do things. And any conflicting or, Ideological perception that might be entirely different is demonized and destroyed, and that's the complete opposite of where a free market society is supposed to be, which is based on competition, ideas, challenges,
0: experiences. And I think what's happened too in Canada, particularly, um, people are kind of losing their minds a little bit, and nobody knows how to react. But there's a mass majority that are okay with what's happening, and it, it's a little bit scary. So I think this comes down to a broken education system. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to introduce our guest here, um, who is no stranger to the field of education. Um, He's the founder of Acton Academy Placer and uh, Acton Academy Sacramento. Uh, He's been a career educator, has delivered multiple TED Talks, consulted with various universities, written books, and creative programs that have helped push uh, education into the 21st century for teens across America. Uh, he currently hosts the Essential 11 podcast, which focuses on gaining world-class advice from prominent guests in business, media, sports, education, and entertainment. And he's also a world-renowned keynote speaker. He's spoken to over 250,000 people across the globe, ranging from Lockheed Martin and the United States Air Force to Caterpillar and Honeywell. Those are some big names, right Right there. Uh, in his younger years, he he competed. Uh, he completed competitive kickboxing under Dennis Alexio and comp- competed in multiple amateur mixed martial arts fights under the coaching of Frank Shamrock, Ken Shamrock, and Jason Peets. Welcome to the New Gen Mindset Podcast, Matt Boudreau.
2: I I've got to be honest, man. I'm impressed because i don't know that we've had those conversations but you just busted out a whole lot of really good stuff man and that was awesome <laughs> well done on well done on your research sir but no it's it's a pleasure to be here gents
1: good so matt just to start off the podcast usually what we like to do with our, our guests is always at the beginning we want to get their history just mm-hmm. talk to us about yourself how you got here at this point in time just a little bit of your story
2: yeah um just kind of the the high level you know i've been in education for um a long time i actually um turned down a job with the secret service, believe it or not, at the White House, um, right before graduating from college. And so that was going to be my career, right? Came out of college going, that's where I'm going, Um, turned it down. And so graduated and had no job, you know, and so it was just kind of the whole, great, man, I I better figure out who I am, uh, sort of thing, right? So Uh, A couple odd jobs here and there ended up leading me to Stanford University. And that's where I really started learning the game of education. Um, And and I always say game and I always say game on purpose because it's much more of a game than people realize. So I worked at Stanford University for for quite a while uh, and then went into the public arena, was a public school teacher and and administrator, uh, private school teacher, private school administrator, which is why I left all of it. To start the schools that uh, that I start now, you know, and so I've got three uh, Acton Academy campuses now out here in Northern California. Um, I'm helping launch more all over the world, Um, and everything we do is geared towards building up amazing young people. Um, And when I say you know Acton Academy, and I got these schools, people go, "Okay, cool, you got private school." I say school because that's what people know. Uh, as a term to describe where young people go and, and hang out every day. Um, we're far from a school. Uh, we don't operate like a school uh, and, and our young people don't operate like your traditional students, you know, in any regard. Um, but that's the best way to say it. So we've got that and we've got the mentorship program that I started with Tim Kennedy and, and the podcast and all that stuff geared, you know, back in towards building up strong young people.
0: Awesome. You talk about building up strong young people. Mm-hmm. And I like sort of the history that you've had, you did mixed martial arts that obviously gave you a lot of thick skin. But when you talk about building like strong and good young people, like what, what does that entail? What does that yeah. mean?
2: Yeah, that's a great question because that goes back to the, um, you know, the question we always get of like, okay, well, what does the, the curriculum need to be for a young person? And, you know, are you guys college prep, or are you guys, it's like, we start talking all these schoolies terms and I always tell people. You know, what we're trying to do is build a, a resilient population. We're trying to build a population capable of, of thought and original thought and critical thought, um, capable of civil discourse, uh, understanding that there is no other person on the planet who agrees with you about a hundred percent of the things, a hundred percent of the time. So then what is everybody going to be your enemy or do you learn how to articulate what you believe? how to listen to what somebody else believes. You present your evidence. You genuinely listen as they present theirs. And even if you go away disagreeing, you have an understanding, but you find more common ground than anything else, right? You can still live civilly. Um, we want to build a society that does that. We want to build young people who are self-confident, um, but self-confident not in the you know, BS. Uh, I'm just going to go say a bunch of affirmations in the mirror kind of way. Um, those, are, those are fine if you really... Truly believe it and are living in accordance with that. We want self confidence built because you've actually done some things. You've actually done hard things. You've actually failed at a number of things and then learned to get back up. That's where confidence is actually born, right? Mm-hmm. Not some faux bravado sort of deal. Um, we have no desire to have that. There's no eighth place trophies. It's go figure out how to win and you figure out how to win by losing. Um, and, you know, self awareness, right? It's, we talk about them understanding who they are. What is your unique contribution to the world? Um, and the only way you find out what you're good at and what you're really excited about uh, is by trying a bunch of things, being exposed to a bunch of things um, so that you then have an idea of, okay, here's kind of um, you know what I like to do. Here's kind of what I think I'm sort of good at. Now, how can I be intentional about bringing my passion to that not what's my passion that's a cop-out it's how do i bring my passion to what i think i might be good at right and so it's all of those things that we're doing to try to build up these young people
1: so if i if i could kind of summarize it on you would basically we have a traditional system that's based on more of a collective output where we can produce as many given standardized individuals typically that's right. more of the typical ecosystem we live in now with our society and education yep. your focus is the individual How do I optimize individual output so that the individual can go and make society better? Because at the end of the day, society starts with the individual.
2: That's exactly right. Society only gets better when the individuals get better. Mm -hmm. That's it. Right. And it's kind of that reverse thing we've been focusing on, you know, you guys said um, you know, social chaos, right? Social chaos comes out because you have a population that has not been allowed to be chaotic as they've grown. Right. You've had a very controlled, very narrowly controlled here's the thing that you're going to do. And everybody's going to do the same thing, same time. And then when they come out, well, people aren't the same. So then chaos, you know, it's a a de-evolution at that point. We need to let chaos rule a little bit early on, figure out who those individuals are, bring morality and honor and, and, Um, work ethic and character bring that in there so that that's what reigns the chaos and nothing else right and then you get a population
0: of unique individuals who can collaborate to do things right for society you 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 mentioned something that i find probably i I mean i relate to it and i think nick relates to this too but intentionality um is probably the most important concept um Where, you know, I I mean, you know, the the schooling system right now is is like it's 19th century still, you know, I graduated university and in my second year, I was just like, there's something wrong here, but I'm just going to finish this now because I got time. And it's the only way that you could get a job in like finance, for example, is you if you have that degree. But it really woke me up because what happens is when you start talking to some students or peers, you start asking them, like, what do you want to do? Like, what's, what's your point? Well, I want to get like a good job and have a good boss. And like, that's the conversation just ends there. And I feel like there's been the sort of that lost conversation about people wanting to be intentional about their actions, intentional about what they do, not just to do stuff just for the sake of doing it. So how do we fix that? I know it's a really loaded question, but like, how, how do we make, how do we get out of this trap and and make sure that, you know, education system needs is due for some kind of a revamping.
2: yeah so education reform will never happen and so that's exactly. one thing that i always you know it's it's like the uh it's kind of the bummer that i have to share with everybody is that Wait, can i
1: ask is- you something off that when you say yeah. it will never happen you imply that it will never happen because of the external forces of the government is that
2: that's what it is because they
0: currently that's dominate a big,
2: that's a big part of it right okay. it's the monopoly of of the governmental education it's, it's a monopoly we'd lose our we would lose our shit if all of a sudden Amazon was um, producing 90 plus percent of all the products everybody could get. People would be screaming Monopoly like crazy, right? Well, more than 90% of our population goes through this organization called government schooling. That's the biggest freaking monopoly going. And nobody's thinking about that because we've been socially conditioned and trained to believe, well, that is what we need, right? I'm all for public education. I'm not for public schooling. Those are vastly different. Education and schooling aren't the same. The government's got a monopoly on the schooling aspect so that they can create this social conditioning that then puts you in this feedback loop thinking that we need that. Right. And that's the biggest issue. So that's why I say reform all happened. And what's happened too, by the way, is because of that social conditioning, because you and I grew up going to those same kind of things and we don't, there's very few people that break out of that cycle of understanding. That not only is it a monopoly, it's essentially a religion at this point. Try to break somebody free of a religion they grew up in. That's a really tough thing to to break somebody out of, right? That conditioning. Schooling has become a religion. I can make a very clear case to a parent. Hey, your young person is 12 years old. They're making, you know, $3,000 a month. They're happier than they've ever been. They're more responsible than they've ever been, um, you know, and that parent will still be like, yes, that's great. But, oh, he's only at a fifth grade math level. Eh, I don't think this is working right. That's how, and that's a real scenario. That's a real story by the way. So that's how, it, you know, how much that religion has gotten on him. So reform won't happen. A revolution is what's happening. Um, and that's, what's going to, that's, what's going to shift it. It is the, the act and academies of the world, the, um Prendas of the world, the uh, Praxis organizations of the world, the Apogees and apogee use, it is those organizations that are building something different uh, that is going to create that shift. Um, and that's what we need, because ultimately, what we need to do is shake people out of their fear, um, where even one of the things you said, uh, um, you said, Dan, about, uh, you know, I got to go to university and at least finish this so I can get a good job in finance. Are you sure? because I can prove to you that that's not correct either. I can, I can more, there's an easier route than getting a degree. There's a more efficient route. There's a, so like challenging what we think we know because we've been trained to know that um, is going to happen through these other, you know, revolutionary organizations.
1: Can I, I, okay, I want to go to your roots here in the sense of what, what helped shape your philosophy around all this? Like who are some people throughout history? Where, cause obviously this is not like, cause I focus on behavioral economics. So I know there's a lot of like classical liberalism philosophy, libertarian mm-hmm. philosophy, mm-hmm. Uh, Plato, Aristotle, you can go mm-hmm. deep into all this type of aristocratic, uh, Frederick Bastia, the Enlightenment period. What are some of these? I, cause I, I follow you. So I see some of the things you post and I, I, I see there's a sense of like, um, responsibility, uh, manhood, taking control of your life, being independent, being a free market, sovereign individual, like there's a, there's a philosophy behind this type of concept. Yeah,
2: for sure. Um, and there are people that I look to, um, and there are people that have helped, uh, shape it, but I think what we lose a lot of times is the faith in our own experiences and observations too, right? That's where it started. For me, it started based on just pure good old fashioned observation. It started by teaching a bunch of, um, you know, kids who are gang members and their parents are gang members and me helping them shift their mindset and open up possibilities that they could do something different with their lives while simultaneously being told what I was doing was antithetical to school and being told no 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 no, algebra is what's going to save this kid and i'm going bullshit because he's going home and being put on his porch to sell drugs and he's right so no that's not what he needs the individual here needs something different so i don't ever devalue my own experiences um first and foremost right Um, but then from an educational standpoint you know it was uh again, being beat down with a religion of what school looks like, it was John Taylor Gatto is the guy that I credit for really shifting my understanding from an educational perspective of why we need to focus on the individual and what that could theoretically look like. Um, And then of course, you know, as you dive further into just kind of my whole belief system as you go, I mean, really what you outlined there and all the, you know, the modern Stoics and the, and the ancient Stoics and all, like all of those guys have had an influence for sure. Uh, but jtg was the man as far as from an educational standpoint that really he kind of defined the problem i was seeing and i couldn't quite get my finger on it and it was
0: game over at that point that's usually the case too right with like you know um kids who kind of grow up in very dangerous neighborhoods, they're exposed to all that gang violence and stuff. And then what they try to do is they say, Hey, like push them through the traditional education system. The reality is it never helps. Right. It, 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 I would say 90% of the time, I don't know what the specific stat is. maybe you can comment on this, but like 90% of the time, it probably just doesn't work. They end up back on the streets and stuff like that. So um, this revolution that you're talking yeah. about, I, I know it's real because I have, a, I have a, a, an acquaintance who's starting an academy too, f- to teach cool. people how to be entrepreneurs. Cool. They're like, forget about the schooling stuff, learn how to close deals, learn how to get business done, learn how to get money, learn how to build a financial plan. Like this is the stuff that the so-called religion yeah. is just not teaching at on this purpose. Point. And they're doing it on purpose. So why are they doing it on purpose? Like what's so the, the objective here? So that you have a population
2: who just outsources their thinking. Years ago, they get enamored by being taken care of by whoever is screaming authority,
1: the welfare right? state.
2: That's it. It's a welfare state. It's creating the population that automatically um, adheres to being a victim, right? You get those brownie points for being a victim. You get brownie points for being outraged, the outrage porn, right? you be brownie points for being outraged. Um, you know, it's, it gives you some sort of status to go ahead and be outraged. Um, it, you go, okay, well, who is my authority? Who is my daddy? And I'm gonna go ahead and yeah. just whatever they say, I'm gonna bow down to that, right? We, that is the intent of that entire operational system. It's why we haven't, it was the intent in the first place, by the way. It's like a, uh, it's like
1: a delusional hero complex where it's like it, where the intent of trying to be the hero plays out as a paternal figure, right Who then, by consequence doesn't realize that. It's just like a household where bad parents who try to control the child's environment produces chaos in the child. Bingo. And the the child doesn't learn how, doesn't know how to read failure because it, it's never permitted to fail in an environment yeah. that's a, that allows it to, like you said once you said uh, failing forward.
2: Fail forward. That's right. And it's this abusive relationship, you know, where it's like you get this Stockholm syndrome that comes out of it too, right? Where the, the abusive husband comes back and brings you flowers eventually. And you're like, okay, I love you. And I'm going to stick with it. And I actually need you Mm -hmm. as my protect, you know, it's that abusive relationship where people are like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. School is a hot mess, but that's where I'm going to send my kids. And I'm going to really fight like, what the, what, like you can't scream about freedom and send your kids to a conventional Mm -hmm. government school. They're the antithesis of each other, but exactly. that's how, that's how that conditioning has worked. It's been beautifully done. You I know, mean, really, you has. know,
1: it's funny. If you look, I just want to say this is in key, like if you study economics and the Keynesian side of economic structure, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is basically an economic framework that's been about hundred years that says the state knows best. And it is our responsibility to direct the economy as though it's a tool, but to direct the economy is to direct human behavior because human behavior is what produces economic outcomes. So yeah. by default, since we have a, a framework which says that the government is the overall director of the economy, it needs to produce an, a, an educational system that feeds those agents right. that can produce that environment the that you need. Bingo. You feed the system,
2: right? And it's so, you know, when we talk about education system doesn't work, it does work. It works exactly as it's intended mm-hmm. to do because exactly. it produces people There's that are a per- going to perpetuate a the cycle. It's got it. Yes. It's going to perpetuate the host that's a virus and it wants to have another you know, host and it wants to stay alive. And that's what we're creating. Anytime you get into big systems, you're going to see that, right? Religion is around getting, and again, I'm not knocking anybody who's got a religious belief. That's not, but I'm saying each religion has its own system where it perpetuates people who are going to perpetuate that religion. The medical institutions, large scale um, machines, and they want to survive, right? So you put your doctors through these trainings and the doctors come out, saying this is how you perpetuate this system and then they call it health um, it, you're taught how to perpetuate the system as a teacher I got a credential you're not taught human behavior and psychology and true like uh, development how do you help the individuals and how do you you're not taught that you're taught how to perpetuate the school system right and that's always uh, an enemy to individuality, um, which as we already said, is, you know, is an, is an enemy to society in general and talking about it, not working, you know, for those kids in those low socioeconomic environments. I always make the argument that it doesn't work for students in higher level socioeconomics either. They just figure out how to play the game and there's people at home telling them it's important to play the game. But if you get straight A's and you have a great time at prom and you play high school sports, but. You still graduate from high school or college, and you don't have shit to offer anybody else. You have no idea what you're good at or what you like. You don't have any skills to offer the world. You don't have any wisdom that you've gained through actually doing anything. Did school work for you, or you worked to just be a good pawn? It's not the same thing. School doesn't work for anybody. Somebody might make something work in spite of it, but it's
0: never because of it that's so interesting cuz like it, it obviously like the whole cliche of like you know C's get degrees uh, C's get degrees but A's actually end up working for the C's and the D's right it, it's yeah. it's just a fact because yeah. what's happened is the people the biggest misconception is the grading system and the GPA? It's like if you don't have an A average or if you don't have a 3.5 GPA, you're like frowned upon. It's right. like you're like you're like totally despised on society. And right. then what happens is um, over time is there's more people that enter MBAs. And I, again, I'm not trying to discourage MBAs. I got a fr- bunch of friends that are doing MBAs. It's yeah. great if you want to do it. If that gets you ahead in your career, fantastic. But there runs a situation where a hedge fund guy hires a bunch of MBAs and they don't even know how to talk to people. For sure. And it's just like, it just, it's just sure. mind boggling. So it, it, it like reinforces that of like, what is your intention, yeah. right? And we're not taught that at an early age yeah. because what happens is we're suppressed as young individuals to b- abide by the teacher's rules. And yeah. if you do this, like you're viewed upon this. And I find what it does is you go through a period when you're an adolescent, right? When you're a kid, and I'm talking about your earliest years, like between the ages of zero and five, yeah. you're the happiest kid on earth. You're running around. If you're in a good family, parents love you. They take care yeah. of you. You're the happiest kid on earth. But what happens is you enter the school system and there's all this, sh- lack of a better word, there's all this shit that happens yeah. where you become self-conscious and it suppresses you as an individual. Sure. And then when you hit adolescence, it's just like, oh, well, I'm self-conscious or I'm, I'm depressed or I, totally. I'm this. So I have to smoke weed. So it's like, you know, I, I've, I I'm only seeing it now, which is the crazy part. And I know you're like the expert in this. So from your side, what are you doing at your school and talk about more of your school right now? Like, sure. What are you doing to kind of get people or young kids to just Think about how to be prosperous individuals as opposed to just being, oh, peer pressured and suppressed by the system.
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I want to explain but I want to touch on something real fast too. You're talking about the intention, the real world of it it also only rewards results, right? It rewards Mm -hmm. ability. Um, And as much as we talk about the GPA, I just, you know, I was in a, I went down to Mexico not too long ago with a bunch of entrepreneurs that you guys would know. Um, And, you know, the net worth in that room was, Freaking billions, and not one conversation about GPA. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not a single bit. And I ask everybody on the Essential 11, and I'm talking to the best entrepreneurs in the world, and I ask them, you know, what they would need to see from a young person to hire them. Nobody says college degree. Um, you know, I was on a, a call with a, a Yale MBA professor who was telling me that, you know, my businesses weren't going to be sustainable and that my parenting um, strategies probably weren't going to work. Um, and he has never run a business and he has no mm-hmm. kids. And so that's indicative of academia right there, right? Mm-hmm. Anybody will tell you I got the happiest, healthiest, most productive, raddest freaking kids on the planet. Um, and my businesses are crushing things. So it's, you know, it just speaks to a lot of the academic issues. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that said, we put academia where it needs <laughs> to be at our campuses. Yes, it's a piece, but we don't put it on a pedestal. We put all those other values that we were talking about on a pedestal, right? You need an equilibrium so,
1: point between academia and reality. A hundred percent, street smarts and school smarts combined.
2: That's right. And school smarts is really this this much. Like, what do you actually need from school? This whole twelve year program? M- no, kids will get through all of that in a couple years if you give them the right tool. Like, give them the right tools. That's it. Nobody, you'll they'll fly through it, right? So we spend our days. Um, there's a lot of social emotional depends on, um, what studio they're into, right? Cause we want to go developmentally appropriate, but every studio starts out the day with a morning meeting, meaning they're there on time, um, standing up, looking at each other in the eye, shaking hands, saying, good morning, learning those social emotional, um, kind of cues. those social emotional skills, right? And yes, sir. And no, sir. And yes, ma'am. And no, ma'am. And not that that's, well, the traditional values are going to say, but it separates them from their peers mm-hmm. vastly. Um, they're taking on, they're learning to take on their own individual academic journey. So we're going, Hey, over the course of your time in this studio, um, which, you know, it be like three or four years with this mixed age group. These are the boxes that you will need to check at some point academically, but you're going to get to decide how quickly you check those. You're also going to get to decide how you check those. You can take a traditional class if you like it, and that makes sense to you, right? You want to take a traditional math class and do that? Great. Go for it. You want to do this math through Khan Academy? Cool. You want to do this math through Stanford University's online? Cool. You want to do this same math through a project where you're building out a mock business and running a p Great. You check that box however you want to do it. You learn to set goals based on your who who you are and where you want to go, right? So from an individual standpoint, you're doing that. The bigger piece of the puzzle is we're going to expose you to a whole bunch of other things as well. And you're going to have to collaborate with other human beings to take on projects. And there's an outcome in six weeks. And we're going to bring the community in. We're going to bring parents in. We're going to bring, um, you know, business owners in, and you're going to have to present. So we're going to say, Hey, in six weeks, you guys are all working together. You're going to need to build out a mock city and run electricity to it. Ready? Go. And then we'll give them some little challenges to do, right? To, to scaffold a little bit of the background knowledge, but ultimately they're like, okay, I've got to go figure this out Mm -hmm. and I'm going to have people that are watching me and I'm going to have 300 people in an auditorium and I'm going to have to flip on a light switch and I better have lights that come on in this, you know, these buildings that I built. Right. And so that's an oversimplification of it, but the thing is we put big stakes on them um, and that's a real learning experience. And then they have responsibilities on campus as well. They all have jobs. They all have jobs on campus, um, whether that's helping younger people, whether that's helping clean up the studio, whether that's helping run. You know, we hosted a TEDx event, um, and our middle schoolers ran all of the tech, sound, lights um, up in the green room with the speakers. Like they ran the whole freaking thing. All of our kids have a business. From five years old to 18, they have one that they either start every year or they take their existing business into perpetuity, right? What it boils down to is they are highly responsible and they are collecting experiences.
0: Real life shit.
2: Real life life shit as much as they can handle, as early as they can handle it for as long as they're here. That's
1: the simple I want to connect that. I want to connect that to this saying. So, the, obviously, everybody knows the saying—the one that goes, "Hard times produce strong men. Strong men produce easy times. Easy times produce soft men. Soft men produce hard times." With what everything you're doing and everything you just said, in context of this saying, where do you see, like, where do you see us going? How yeah. do you see things shifting according to whether or not we produce certain, like, the future of our of our society is based on our children. Yeah. So, is. if we don't accommodate the certain characteristics needed we could fall back into the cycle endlessly
2: for sure. Well, there's very few, there's very few parents. There are very few system, you know, schooling, um, you know, system for lack of a better word. Um, there's very few that are producing strong young people. There's Mm -hmm. very few. Mm -hmm. I think we are creating a, we're at this bifurcation. I mean, I really believe that, um, in one hand it saddens me because I think the vast majority of young people are going to continue to grow to be weak people. We're not on a good trajectory in that mm-hmm. way. We're just not. Um, so people are like, oh, that's very pessimistic. I'm very optimistic for my kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm very optimistic for the kids that we are supporting and building because they're going to be the ones who are leading. They're going to be the ones who are challenging. They're going to be the ones creating any freaking opportunity that's there. They're going to be the ones to figure it out and take advantage. And if there's a way to bring society back around to their freaking... Uh, you know, get back on track, they're going to be the ones to do it. Mm-hmm. There's just so few, man.
1: Yeah.
0: It, it's, it's a, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough breed to find now. Um, I think you see it more in the older generation. Like you're seeing sort of the, cause they're old school, right? But there's this new wave where technology and stuff, I mean, social media is a huge thing now. And like, mm-hmm. kids are making ridiculous amounts of money, but I feel like those people, and I don't want to generalize, but there probably is like a good portion of people on those platforms who are so lost. And I'm talking really? about the ones who have created sort of I'm gonna talk, I'm gonna talk about a dark thing right now, but it's more centered just around like the fact that Instagram, you could literally see, and this is just a statistic, our lifetime now, males just in general, we will see more sets of Breasts or naked women or sexual women uh, than our ancestors did, I think maybe 100 years ago. Right. And th- what that does is that's created this psychological damage that is, you know, you can't really replace it. And it's also created sort of this new economy of sort of, you know, hey, I'm soliciting, here's my OnlyFans type thing. Right. I find that th- the education system failing is a result of this right? So going forward, you know, that's obviously going to continue, but how do we minimize that
1: in like the gaming industry,
0: out- the young boys all want to go to gaming. Uh, video gaming games. is different, though, but I'm no, no, I'm I know. But in re- the
1: senses, and the sense is that like the only fans doesn't really have a productive output for society that's what I mean from an economic yeah. standpoint. Yeah, a gamer neither. If you can become a pro gamer, but there's no real productive output for the society, you're just a mere entertainment. But because of this weak educational system, especially for coming from the West here, living in this supposedly double, um, in Canada and in Quebec, where you have English and French, where people are supposed to be a little more sophisticated and intellectual. I mean, it really doesn't appear that way. But the point is that this lack or this weak educational system is producing these young people who don't want to engage with the difficulties of reality, Exactly. where you need to produce real problems, solve real problems. So instead you kind of hibernate and you go to these quick little platforms that kind of allow you to deviate your attention from reality, but you're not solving anything for anyone.
2: Totally. It's a consumer versus producer. I mean, that's yeah. really that's really what it boils down to is we're creating a society of mass consumers. And by the way, it's not just our kids at this point. Right now, at this point, it is the reason I get brought into all these Fortune 500 companies is because they've got 22, 25, 27, 28, 32-year-olds that still live at home with mom and dad that are asking why they didn't get a raise after six weeks with the company and what's going on that don't, I mean, that's a real deal. It's not just our teenagers at this point, you know, you've got 30 year old men um, who still identify themselves as, you know, they don't, they don't say they're an adult yet. Um, We've created this delayed adulthood population, right? And so if you don't think you're an adult, you don't act like an adult. So they don't, they haven't moved out yet. Um, They're not producing anything. They're just going, okay, how do I get my next paycheck? I'm going to go out and go party still. And I'm going to come home and I'm going to play my video games. And I'm staying with mom and dad because that allows me to save money and save rent. And then the parents are letting it happen. So it's a multifaceted deal, right? Like education is a huge part of it, but we got shitty parents too. And a lot of these parents, you know, don't want to admit they're, they're addicted to social media. They're spending their time on, this they're mm. they're becoming consumers too and so they're leading by example in that way that's we're becoming a mass consumer society um the value on production has gone way down that's why yeah. there's more six-figure jobs available in america right now um, that don't require a college degree than those that do and it's because we've been set we've been told well everybody's got to go to college right and and if you don't go to college you're not successful so you got all these trade opportunities that Are just sitting there and these guys can't find anybody to work there because, well, it takes work, right? It takes hard work, you have to produce. Um, But we've been literally mentally trained out of that. Everything we do
0: culture wise is geared towards consuming it's 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 madness you brought up trading as like a skill set and that's another thing where um production is really what drives continued growth in in the economy right um i'm in sales so that is a form of production you know that 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 has to be uh one of the one of the production uh outputs for for society but um how do we fix all that how, how, how do we fix all this? You know, because I feel like we're also at an inflection point, possibly what Nick had mentioned, which was like, OK, we're at a point right now where uh, hard times create strong men, I think, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. we were at the top 2019 for I think everybody was just like, how is life so good? Blah, blah, blah. And then boom, like yeah. 2020 rolls around yeah. and then people are losing their shit. So yeah. wh- where, where do you think we're out in that cycle and how, how do we fix it?
2: Yeah, I mean that's the that's the billion dollar question. If I could fi- <laughs> if I could fix all this, we'd be I'd I would it would it'd be a whole different scenario. I mean it's it's all, you know, again this is coming from just this guy, but it's dude it's a mul- it's such a multifaceted deal. Um and I don't know that f- I don't know that fixing is the right thing to do. I think it's fighting. Yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, explain I re- explain I really explain. Think, I don't think there is a fixing Um, At this point, because I think there is so much power, institutional power behind some of those, you know, we're talking educational system, we're talking the medical system, we're talking about government overreach, we're talking about, I I don't think that, you know, there's a lot of people that are going, okay, yeah, 2019, everything was good. And all of a sudden, 2020, there's a bunch of government overreach. Bullshit. That's been happening for 50, 60 years. It's been creeping in slowly. Some people have seen it firsthand and have been screaming from the fucking rooftops forever and that's in education too and that's in medicine too and that's in right this has been a um this has been a long tail game um so to imply that we're going to somehow fix all of that in any sense that's even relatively quick is but we got to fight we got to build new things and we've got to fight back and vehemently uh, go the opposite direction in all of those. I think we fight back against med- you know, big pharma and medicine. I think we fight back against education. I think we fight back against a lot of this shit. Um, but I just don't think we have enough people with the balls to do it. Hmm. And those people with the balls to do it, well, how are we – a lot of us doing it right now. We're doing a lot of it through social media. We're doing a lot we're, of – yeah, we're,
0: we're, we're, we're doing our own thing, though, because we're focused on building for our, for our building future. Building for ourselves. And then, oh, yeah. by the way,
2: we're also building on these platforms that will tell us to –
0: yeah, no, exactly. Right. Right. Which is deemed selfish, by the way. It's it's apparently, if working on yourself is deemed selfish by society. It's it's it, right because figure. you're not part of the we.
2: You're not part of the we, which is why, you know, that's why I, I spend, you know, half the year in, in purgatory on all these social media platforms. And, and I'm a, you know, small peanuts compared to so many other guys
1: too. So, But I find it's such a <coughs> terrible perspective these people have in the sense that to imply that to... To imply that you focus on yourself is not good for the collective is so, is so ideologically uh, like messed up because it's a fallacy. If the, if the collective is made up of, it's like a team. If every player on your team is weak, you, you can't have a possibly a good collective. If every player on your team is powerful in its own unique way, then you have a powerful team. So why, you know, so it's like the, the construct of that thought process. So why people fall for the whole, we got to do what's right for society, but yet somehow it always comes at the cost of the individual after as a byproduct, you know? So it's like, and again, and we, like, we've been seeing, you know, with the whole Quebec tax and here, like a week ago, a week and a half ago, they put a curfew again in Quebec and Montreal where everything had to shut down after 10 PM and all restaurants are shut down the whole thing. Now today our our prior prime minister announces or, Honestly, I don't even know what the ghost call this title is. He, <laughs> he comes out and he says that oh, we're taking it away. Things are getting good, but now anything above thousand five hundred square feet, if you're unvaccinated, you may not enter. It, it, it's like oh, we did good for you know things are good, but here we're gonna still gonna slap you here. It,
2: death by a thousand cuts, and that's that's history. That's history yeah. repeating itself. That's all it is. It's death by a thousand cuts. You take away a little more you take away a little more you take away a little more. You create some sort of um, imaginary enemy that everybody's supposed to fight together so that you can take a whole lot more at once. And then you start to divide the nation based on who's, you know, who's being a good boy and who's not being mm-hmm. a good boy. It's this has all been done a yeah, fucking yeah. million times over. like we've seen it.
1: There's, there's a quote by Friedrich von Hayek. He was an Austrian economist, and he said that emergencies have always been the pretext on which uh, freedoms of individuals have uh, disappeared.
2: That's right. And that's right. And because you can get the entire population, not the entire population, but you can get a large percentage of the population on
0: board with it. Mm-hmm. I think I think one of the main things about COVID is like you said I mean it's literally exposed everything. I mean Nick, Nick and I have seen it for quite some time okay. uh, and, and that's we're why observing.
1: We, we're uh, we're because uh, we're 20 years old and I find us to be very observant relative to our other age.
0: <laughs> uh, at least to our peers but yeah. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll let them decide that. Um <laughs> the 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 thing that we've realized is like there's certain people that you cannot like they're they're never going to see it. And I feel like the only way for them to really see it and learn it is to basically live through it. And I, we, we think it's going to get worse. Um, Quebec in particular, I think Canada too is going to experience a massive exodus of like native Canadians. So I'm talking like people who have lived there for two decades, three decades, whatever it is. Um, they're all going to leave. And in that period, there's just going to be like, Canada is might not even be recognizable at some point. Yeah. i don't yeah. want to be yeah. too the scary Central, the West. this is like yeah this is like a worst case scenario i'm talking yeah. about i'm not trying to paint a doom and gloom scenario but sure. it would not surprise me to see such an exodus so like how do you convince these people that you know the the, the writing's on the wall yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um you
2: can't and that's one of the things right you can't and so i've stopped even trying i'm gonna speak yeah. what it is and it's really at this point it's like i don't want. Um, you know, I'm all for civil discourse because I don't want division. But I'm also aware enough to understand that division is just going to happen. And I'm glad to speak honestly and just letting it go and just finding out who the people are and who and and you know I'm I'm with them and I'm not with them and that's okay. I don't want anything bad for them. But I'm not going to waste time trying to convince them. You know, there's a line in uh, it's one of the Matrix movies and and I don't know the exact line, but Morpheus says, you know, at some point. Um, you know, we usually don't try to uh, unplug somebody once they get past a certain age because it's just too hard for them, right? And they can't, And that's very much the case, right? If somebody is so far down a specific rabbit hole, again, it's kind of that religious nature, mm-hmm. and you try to unplug, it's such a big gap for them that it, it's a cognitive dissonance that they just cannot overcome, and so instead of even trying to logically think about what you're saying, it will be an immediate emotional, you're the enemy because you're attacking my core belief, what I want to hold on to. You know, So screw you. It's nothing to do with what you're saying. It's just screw you as the mm-hmm. individual. And, and
0: so it's not even worth it. So it's, yeah, it's almost like change, because realistically, change is defined by letting something go. And most people can't let adaptation. go about most something.
2: Pe- that's right. Most people can't. The very you can't, of evolution is adaptation.
0: It's another feature
2: of, of schooling, you know, is that you don't learn to adapt. Um, ever and become, you know, comfortable, um, with that, the the, the,
1: the, but that's the whole, uh, Keynesian again, back to the Keynesian economics and yeah. statistician, you're a number and you produce a given output number, but right. your number cannot deviate. Cause if it starts to fluctuate, I can't predict my, right. my math equations become unpredictable. That's right. Yep, that's exactly it. Carl okay. Young, was, I was watching a thing with Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And he was talking about back to the welfare state and this whole dependency. I think that's where rooted our, we're, fear, we're afraid of uh, responsibility. We've been so enveloped in this this yep. blanket of we take care of you. We'll do things for you. We've, we've uh, outsourced all self-responsibility as sovereign individuals. Holy. So now we've had these decades of this. And then, so Peterson says that Carl Young said that a man does not become a man until his father dies. And then Peterson says that is true, but it can also be done metaphorically where mm-hmm. we can in our minds, idealize the thought of being individuals who no longer have to go to someone else to make That's decisions right. in our life.
2: That's right. That's exactly it. And so, and we've been, you know, part of going back to this whole social media and going back to the video games, like the those things um, allow us to feel like we are experiencing things that you know in previous generations only life could allow you to experience right you had to go conquer something you had to do something to gain notoriety you had to do something to gain a tribe you had to do something to gain the girl you had to do something to you know slay the dragon we are doing it in a pretend world um so we never get to face that realistic or metaphorical now our father's died and we can become individuals we don't have to do we're conquering everything right here why would i want to leave the comfort of my own home you're going to take care of me and i can pretend to conquer a whole bunch of
0: shit sign me up it's an escape Mm -hmm. it's literally it that's all it is it's like literally escape an escape from all your problems listen i'm i i catch myself scrolling through social media sometimes and i'm like dude put your phone down yeah. I'm like, you know, it takes, I think Nick, you do the same thing, but it takes a certain self-awareness just to grasp that and say, stop doing that. Do something productive. That's yep. going to get you to where you want to be, which is essentially going back to goal setting and intentionality, yep. right? And intentionality.
1: Yep. One, one, that, one, one thing I had a thought about when it came to social media as a tool is that because I wrote a first book and I talked about My first book was all about collaborative mechanics. I talked Mm -hmm. about technology, especially social media. We're growing up in a world so dependent, so connected to it that I don't think going forward, the solution to social media will be try to hide from it. It'll be to try to embrace it and utilize it to actually connect with information more efficiently rather than be distracted and consuming irrelevant things learn to use the tool to have purpose because there's so much information out there that it can provide it.
2: Absolutely. That's it. Right. It's the tool, you know, and I had a good conversation with a parent um, yesterday. who was like, okay, so what is, you know, what do you guys do as far as technology on campus and um, what does that look like? And, and she's coming from more of a, a Waldorf background, which traditionally is like no technology bad always all the time. Um, the reality is we live in a world that mm-hmm. values technology and that there's, there are ways to make things happen. We build businesses based on technology. That's great. So it's that it is, how do I identify anything as a tool? How do I see the good in it? And then my responsibility is to be intentional on using it for the good and being intentional on building self discipline around avoiding how it can be used bad. I like guns. I've got guns. I, th- I think guns are great. Guns are great for specific things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be responsible and use them for those specific things. I'm going to be responsible to protect my family. I'm going to be responsible to get food and put food in the freezer. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's it. I'm not going to use them for anything else. They can social media, same thing. I'm going to use it to connect. I'm going to use it to build businesses. I'm going to use it to drive a message home. I'm going to use it for all those good things. You and I, the three of us, we connected on social media. Great. That's great. It's a positive thing. I'm not going to sit and scroll. I'm not going to sit and waste my time. I'm not going to sit and ignore my family who's sitting right next to me because I want to go through and go and see how many likes I got on some shit. I mean, that's, you know, again, comes back to the personal responsibility. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. Carl Young, Carl Young said, there's another quote, he said, um, man, man is so pitifully ignorant. He is so unaware of his human nature that until man dis- understands himself, he is doomed for catastrophe or something like that. Catastrophe. Yeah, exactly. That the whole cycle back to that old male, like strong man, weak man cycle. That's they right. all, they all. When even though the, the philosophies and the way they, they explain it through their languages might be different. At the end of the day, when you start putting them together, it creates like a big picture, and they all correlate one way yeah. or another.
2: Yeah, it all it all overlaps. It's all mm-hmm. ultimately it gets to be pretty dang simple. Uh, I'm not saying anything is easy, but it's pretty simple.
0: I want to kind of just wrap it up here with one particular question for you, Matt, um, just centered around based on the events that are happening, um, globally, of course. Um, obviously we, you know, we talked about there needs to be some form of a revolution, um, from your perspective, where is education heading both on the one that you're focused on, which is the right education, I think, which is what is adapting to the 21st century versus the so-called religion uh, institutionalized uh, education system. What does that look like even like five years or 10 years from now?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. So government, uh, government education is not going to go away. Conventional style schooling is not going to go away. There is so much money, power, politics um, involved, and we have culturally devolved so much to where, you know, I fully get it in my heart breaks for, you know, I've got people reach out to me all day long, every day going, Hey, I would love to pull my kids out, but I'm a single mom. Um, but you know, uh, we've got both of us need to work and we get, so like, we don't know any other options and we don't, and I try to help them because usually there is still a way to homeschool, um, or at least or something. So, um, but there are so many people in that boat and there are so many people that still don't even see it for what it really is that it is not going away it's going to get more restrictive it's going to get more narrowly defined in terms of what um, academics matter um, because you know that's where the funding is going to come in and it's going to get more intentional from a government standpoint on creating uh, a social welfare population that is the game right they're going to get more and more people who uh, start to believe, you know, God is dead. Um, the state should be running my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter if I've got two parents in the home. And in fact, daddy's probably a jerk, especially if he's white. Um, like, all those things are all very intentionally coming Coming mm-hmm. down the pike, right? It's going to look much more like a socialist uh, kind of organization. Yeah, yeah.
1: You need the government.
2: Yes. So the the social the socialist aspect of it is going to come hard and fast mm-hmm. in these next five to ten years. Um, that said, simultaneously, you'll have more organizations like us that are that are kind of the smaller uprising. We're going to keep building. We've got thousands of applications in to open an Acton Academy. I'm trying to help owners from around the world. So, if you got people that listen to this, that we're going, hey, I want to open one of these for my kids, like I'm legitimately helping as many people as I can around the world to do exactly that. Right. So, we're going to have the small uprising that we'll continue to push back, but we're battling we're going to have to be in this fight with the teachers unions. And, you know, so it's like, we're building, but we're also kind of trying to stay a little bit under the radar, but we're building kind of the small, you know, resurgence. And, um, and so, you know, ultimately either we get, um, you know, if I had to guess, I think we're just, it's just going to create more division. um, And we're going to end up having Mm -hmm. to either really publicly fight back or
0: just continue to fly under the radar. Um, And I wish I knew. Yeah. Well, look, it's, you know, Nick and I see where this is like, I, I, again, we're not gonna make predictions, but I mean, the opportunity is there. um, And I I think it's, I think it's now is, is is bigger than ever. I mean, we got to focus on creating a society where, you know, men and women can interact and not look at each other like victims, or at least Mm -hmm. um, anything centered around like, You know, just making excuses about things, right? Because everything is possible if you just do it.
1: There's too much, there's too much of a problematic future coming our way that we can't be arguing about the past. That's right. We have to be focused on what's ahead of us. It's like a battle, right? right? That's right. Don't forget history. Don't forget history. In a battle, your enemy's in front of you, not behind you.
2: Right. Remember it, but don't live moving that. You can live reactively or you
0: can live proactively.
1: Exactly. Live through your past. Let it move forward.
0: Yep. That's so interesting. Matt, where can uh, the listeners find you?
2: Um, Thanks, man. So I'm most active probably on Instagram and just my name at Matt Bodro. but check out actinacademy.org as well. Um, Check out Apogee Strong, uh, the the mentorship program for young men and check out the Essential 11. Cool. Now,
0: this was honestly one of the more interesting conversations, Mm -hmm. I think we've had. Nick and I usually talk about investing, crypto, gold. This is good because this ties to the whole macro sphere of like what it takes to build a, a, you know, free society. That's really what it comes down to. So Matt, thanks so much for coming on. We really appreciate it. And um, this was, this was, this was unreal. Pleasure. You guys do a great job, man. Um, Well done on, on your end. So pleasure is mine. Awesome. Thanks so much. Everybody else. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on the new gen mindset podcast.
1: Ciao guys. Take care.